What's up, y'all? I have a bone to pick with my regular folks because you guys had me out here. My, my camera lens was all blurry and stuff. Um, didn't tell me nothing, but it's okay. Uh, we're here for Monday's edition of Women's Wrestling Talk, WWT Live. We're going to be talking about Alicia Fox. We're going to be talking about Orange Cassidy, Tiffany Stratton, and also WWE it has gone to Mexico. So we'll talk about all those things and more coming up next. 10, 9, 8, Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Happy Monday, y'all. My name is TK Trinidad. Welcome to the Monday, Monday edition of Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. I am not alone. The professor is back in the building. What's hey, good? Hey, How hey, hey. I'm good, and apparently a lot of things have changed. I mean, Twitter is now going by X. I mean, like, it's a pretty crazy world that we're living in right now. So, Did you yeah. think... When I saw X, I um, I mean, I don't know if it's a black thing, but I thought Malcolm X, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, apparently Elon Musk has a thing with X, you know. Um, this the space corporation is SpaceX, and you know, before PayPal became PayPal, it had something connected to X. So I don't know what his thing is with X, but yeah, I, I just never thought in a million years you buy the company and change the iconic name and logo from twitter to an x and so just well, I mean, <sighs> facebook was meta but we still call it facebook so right it doesn't matter yeah i mean they made meta the parent company but facebook right. is still facebook like they didn't change the logo and yeah, I, I, uh, yeah anyway happy monday happy monday and the man Oh yes. Man, I had quite a weekend, but you know, I can't talk about it because it's, it's been deleted. How are you doing, Cedric? <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. I'm I'm awake. I'm recovered. You know. I Things bet you good. are. Things are good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start calling you Solomon, sir. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I can see I'm gonna go by the <laughs> Wow, 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 wow. Um, all right Man, then. Well I'm not I'm not beating these allegations apparently. So it's all, it's but nobody right. can prove it. So you know, and and for all the people know, we could be talking about your level of wisdom. I mean, who knows? Let's get into it. <laughs> I can see I'm gonna make my little reel or post or whatever, and then I'm gonna get all the all the side out in about 48 hours and be like, all right, it's going to be a whole thing. <laughs> oh, this is going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. Well, well, would you like to start? Uh... You know what? Yeah, let me let me just get up, get off of me real quick. And um, let's talk some Alicia Fox. So she recently did an interview where she kind of explained uh, this is part of her new career and the meaning behind her new ring name, which is kind of an abbreviation of her real government name, which is Victoria Crawford. New ring name being Vix Crow. She talks about her departure from the WWE after nearly two decades, and she says she's in a weird transition, thinking that this is her most innermost self, and that's strangely transitioning because in her mind, she's thinking about when's the last time she had a good match? Uh, does she feel still like she can perform? And particularly, just a certain chapter in her life is different from now, so she overall is just inspired by this time uh, to kind of perform and look back at her career in a different light, so... 
What do we think about the name, however, though? I, I thought I was going to read like some grandiose meaning and it was going to be some different, but it's just her, her, her name. It's like abbreviating my name. I mean, she has ownership of her name. So there's True. that um, in the second part of her of her her legacy. So I can definitely see um, I can see I can see that part. Um, it's so funny though because you know when she was I think when WWE named her like a legend or like her her retirement or something like that, it felt and this is also based off of watching Total Divas um, and just kind of her whole you know her it and then seeing her Instagram. I thought she was really done wrestling. Um, mm -hmm. So. I wonder if whatever transpired behind the scenes with WWE, it just kind of almost silenced her in a certain way where she was just, just riding, just riding it out, which she has said, but I also feel like mentally, because you know, you kind of somewhere, but you don't really want to be there. So you just kind of mentally check out. It's like, I'm here, but you know, that's kind of like when I look back, because I legitimately thought, like I was really surprised that she went back to wrestling. I legitimately thought right. like she was done because she wanted to be done. So. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it's interesting. One of the things that she talked about in that interview was, you know, the opportunity to create, you know, I think a lot of times we forget that for wrestlers, particularly a number of those who started in the divas era that had not wrestled anywhere else, WWE is all they knew, you know, the Bellas, that's all they knew. And so for them to go out into somewhere other than WWE, you know, it's a whole new ball game. The idea that you can create, you know, uh, and there's nobody lording over you to say, no, nah, you can't do this, you know, that you have, you know, creative control and say into, you know, if, you, if you've ever been in a space where you were never allowed to create, and then you are allowed to create, it really is a whole new world. And mm -hmm. so sure for her, and she kind of said this, you know, wrestling in a space where you can create, and she even talked about how, you know, she got to share some best practices and learn from some other wrestlers, which is something that she hasn't been able to do outside of the WWE space. So I think this is a real opportunity for her, you know, um, depending upon what kind of schedule, she wants to keep how, you know, strenuous she wants to go if she wants to just wrestle and make random appearances or she really kind of wants to get in that grind. I think it's up to her. Um, it's going to take her a minute probably to get used to her name, which I understand. I mean, she's been under this name of Alicia Fox for well over a decade. So mm -hmm. it's take some adjusting. And um, but I think the more we see her, the more we'll get adjusted, like we've adjusted to all of the other name changes that have happened recently. Yeah, no, she. Uh, yeah, I think she'll. I think she'll be fine. I wonder though, which I don't think we'll ever get an answer. Why WWE chose to, like, not do anything. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like for the better part of, before the pandemic. So wait, three, four years. We hadn't really mm -hmm. seen. She might have popped in, but we hadn't really seen her do much. So right. then why? I'm assuming she was still getting a check. So yeah. like, why do that? Like, I, I don't understand the reasoning behind and, and then for her contract to be over and obviously, you know, she chose to leave, but mm -hmm. would, would, were they going to re-up her anyway? Like, it's just kind of weird. Yeah, I I don't know. I And and again, I'm I'm intrigued to see wrestling wise where she stands in all of this. You know, one of the things that we've talked about this on the show before when you get out of the routine of regularly being in the ring or regularly being involved in any sport, 
getting back in is a little bit tougher. So I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of where she falls in line with this, because again, she never really got to dig into this generation of women's wrestling, right. which was far different than the generation that she was a part of and that she was introduced to us in. So I'll be very interested to see what, what, how this works. I think being with Booker T and that school uh, there in Texas is probably a very good thing for her, which will give her an opportunity to kind of work off and get back into the groove of things. There it is. All right. What do we got next? <laughs> well, from Alicia Fox, we go to uh, Orange Cassidy, who is one of the most popular champions in all of AEW. And for someone who doesn't really talk very much, I think it's very, very interesting that he has a new role in AEW. In addition to being the international champion, he is now a uh, backstage producer, which is a pretty uh, significant space to be in. And um, as part of that, one of the matches he recently produced uh, was involved with Ring of Honor, the match that saw the infantry against the kingdom, and then a tag team eliminator, the blind eliminator tag match that saw Big Bill and Brian Cage against Matt Seidel and uh, Trent Beretta. So in, for those who don't know, the producer is kind of the one who's on the headset. They make sure that matches stay within their time. They send directions to ringside. Uh, they also kind of go over the idea of what the match will look like with talent. And they also uh, talk to the production crew so the production crew knows which shots to get and what to expect and things of that nature. Now, that's all important because you don't want your camera guys to miss important moments in matches. And we know that used to be a tough, tough moment, certainly back in the day in WCW. Uh, but on top of that, you know, making sure that matches stay within their time because you've got a TV show that's happening here. So, you know, you can't have a 15 minute match if you're allotted, you know, eight minutes. So it's a very important role, very mm -hmm. necessary role. And uh, it's a big deal that uh, Orange Cassidy would get that particular role when apparently another WWE legend did not. So pretty interesting. I just that teed that up. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, oh, okay. I mean, I, 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 I was really going to say it. I was going. I was just going to say. I think it's cool that Orange has that role. You know, it's it's not an easy thing to do. If somebody has that mindset, it's kind of like somebody who uh, maybe didn't make it to the NFL or to the NBA, and they go straight into coaching. You can still sure. use your mind to actually do all those different nuances and show how things play out. Now, to talk about that 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 layup you just had, the alley oop. Mm -hmm. I guess you're talking about Bret Hart, which is very interesting in a sense that Brett wouldn't get that role when this has been such a pro heart company. Like, or literally, is it? Literally everybody's very vocal about the whole Brett. Well, some people are vocal is about the whole Brett versus Sean thing. And then we got the uh, Owen Hart tournament, which was co-signed by mother heart. So it's very interesting that they wouldn't give him a job per se. At least I see it that way. Yeah, they were apparently more interested in Brett the Hitman Hart being an on-air talent than utilizing the mind of the man that was known as the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. So since Brett wanted to lend his mind more than his face, uh, Brett obviously didn't uh, take their on-air offer. But I do think it's interesting that you would, I don't know, uh, if you're choosing between Orange Cassidy and Brett Hart, to produce your matches that you would turn down Bret Hart for Orange Cassidy. I'm curious what you guys think in the chat in terms of that, 
there are a couple of schools of thought potentially that you could go to uh, with that. What are your thoughts, guys, in terms of Orange Cassidy, Bret Hart producing your matches? I mean, when I think of that, I just feel like um, I, I don't want it to sound like ageist, but that how you describe because producer can mean a whole bunch of things in so many different you know um, fields. But mm -hmm. how you describe it, just things like youth, and it's not the fact that he just came up; he's been in the game for a while, sure. so he might see certain things that are more cutting edge versus old school. Mm -hmm. And with AEW, it seems like you know, that's what they're trying to, you know, they're trying to stay away from like almost the old guard of things, mm -hmm. um, you know, how certain shots are laid out and stuff like that. So, you know, that's kind of when you said that, that's kind of what I thought of, like you want more of a younger vision of, you know, how to do television. Sad, what do you think, man? Yeah, I can see that. If you want to play the, like the youth versus the age movie, but it's not to say that Brett can't do that. It's, just, mm -hmm. it's, it's very interesting because you would want to at least have that credibility amongst the, your other employees, coworkers in the locker room, stuff like that. This seems like it would be more of a, a character personality difference. Like maybe Orange is easier to work with than, than Brett and they see him all the time. So maybe bringing somebody like Brett's personality in, maybe you don't want to do that. That's what I would think. Cause I wouldn't say, I, I would think that Brett has watched the programs over the years and he's adapted with the times where people like things like that, or he has people in his ear to keep him up to date. So I wouldn't say it's a, it's an issue of him being incapable of adapting uh, today's wrestling. Well, I don't think it's, no, I don't, I don't think it's not him. He knows what's going on, but it's more of the little nuances. So for instance, you take somebody who's been in radio for 20 years, right. And how radio is done today. Like it's, it's it's totally different. So it's not to say that that person can't the, the one who's been doing radio for twenty years can't do it. But most likely they're going to have a producer and a team. Like they're not going to. If you put them back at square one, it's like oh you need to start from the beginning. It's it's just a different thing. So it's not to say he doesn't know the product or anything like that. I just think it's like the nuances and the outlook that's just a new thing of wrestling. Like, definitely, I feel like he probably knows everything that's going on and he knows the product. But, you know, how we do marketing then versus how we do marketing now is two different things. Yeah, it's all it's all interesting. I think it's 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 very interesting on a lot of levels. Um, on one hand, you would imagine that AEW would tend to think, OK, the level of credibility that a Bret Hart would bring. Um, to their organization, particularly backstage, would be significant when you have guys like a Mark Henry, a big show, you know, who are certainly backstage helping. And then you have, of course, a Tony Schiavone, a Jim Ross. Arn Anderson is still with the company. You know, you still got Dustin Rhodes 30 years in the in there. You know, you've got people that are in there uh, in that particular space. So on one hand, it's not like AEW does not have legendary names that are in its company that are helping to, to get work done. Uh, I would be very interested in kind of whatever the specific details were relative to the Bret Hart situation. Um, you know, I don't know if there's a lot of schools of thought, right? Like there's one idea of Bret Hart being a WWE guy, so to speak. Um, and how that impacts things, though, 
Bret Hart was the guy that helped to unveil the AEW championship belt. So there, there's that. Um, what would Bret Hart bring that's not already there? Potentially a lot of things. But again, the question is, what is the direction that AEW wants to go? And for them, they felt like Bret Hart on air would offer more value than Bret Hart behind the scenes. Who knows, right? That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. So, I mean, with that said, here's the other side of it. The other side of it is it's a major step for an Orange Cassidy, right? Like it puts Orange Cassidy in the space of an extremely respected talent there in AEW because now not only are you able to do the work on camera, but you're able to produce a television show, which a lot of independent wrestlers aren't able to do because most independent wrestlers aren't on structured television from a weekly perspective. So it creates a very interesting space, I think. Um, I don't know if it's a win or a loss as much as it is just different directions that AEW wants to go that for the average fan, you'd say, well, how dare you refuse a Bret Hart? But directionally speaking, I don't uh, Okay, just take this in context, right? Like you don't want to end up with a Jim Cornette kind of situation, meaning Cornette's mindset is one that is so stuck in the way that wrestling was that he doesn't necessarily want to evolve to what wrestling is being presented as now. Like, for instance, I wonder how does a Bret Hart feel about an Orange, char- uh, Orange Cassidy character? Right. Mm -hmm. The guy who goes in the ring and kind of does the small little slaps and, you know, kind of and even some of the segments we saw last week with the the dance off that happened with the world champion. Right. Bret Hart would never. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So it's the question then of directionally, would a Bret Hart have stood in the way of something like that? You know, and would that be is that an obstacle that they don't want to deal with? That's really what it boils down to. Well, so we're well, saying Bret Hart is not a traditional sports entertainer? Oh, Bret Hart was never a traditional sports entertainer. He was always a traditional wrestler. Well, with that being said, shout out to uh, Casey, Ron, Bosa, Nikki, uh, Santana, cool gamer in the chat with all your comments. Uh, Nikki saying, let Kenny Omega do all the booking. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean... It's wrestling. What do we got next? It's wrestling. Uh, I don't don't want to mess this up because this is actually very important. We had one of our own WWT uh, individuals do an interview with Samoa Joe recently, it seems like, for SC Scoops. And the scoop is Samoa Joe would like to see the return of the do-or-die format that was more popular in the early 2000s. And he said he cites kind of Ring of Honor never being about finding the next person, but more so uh, discovering that person. He said, if he's going to bring people to Ring of Honor, um, it's finding the next person. It's not a current person or star that we can't fit in there. I mean, those people there, they're out there, and then it's easy to say those names. But I think in the future, Rainwater pretty much lies in the future of professional wrestling. So that do or drive format, I think Joe was in the very first one back in 03 through 05, successfully defending the Ring of Honor World Championship against Homicide. What do we think about um, this format coming back? And shout out to Ella J for the interview. Interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, 
I think to some degree the do or die concept is already Ella, there. Ella, J, 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 it's Ella J. Ella, Ella, J, 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 it's Ella J. <sighs> I like. I just was holding on to it because I know this is not going to happen all the time. But, but when it does, it. there we go. Mm -hmm. There it is. Uh, you know, I, I, I think. I think to some degree it's kind of already happening, meaning, you know, the people ultimately will decide whether or not um, wrestlers are working for them on their television screens. And it's been going on for years. I mean, I think back to a couple of years ago when they had the Mae Young Classic and when they had the Cruiserweight Classic in WWE, how it was really the fans who were screaming for different people to be signed that led to them being added to the company. So I think how you perform is certainly a a mar. Uh, it's really going to tell whether or not you should return. And um, so I don't know if it has to be in a formal setting like do or die, as much as the fans are already making that decision to some degree. Uh, that's not getting. That's not getting deleted, Nikki. I'm actually time coding it so we can put it on social. So please. <laughs> video <laughs> that's awesome putting it out there that's awesome i mean i feel like samojo's in a really great place where he he's been in the game for a long period of time and also people are listening to him because you have some people mm -hmm. who've been in the game for a period of time and you know there's certain things they want to do but they're never going to get to do it so sure. i feel like he's in a like the other TK respects Simone, Simone Joe enough that I think it's possible. So he can put that stuff out there and, you know, feel like Ring of, Ring of Honor right now. And we've been talking this for what, six, seven months or something like that. Like, I think they're just, I hope they're trying things and seeing what's going to work to make it successful. So why not? Ring of Honor is in an interesting space. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I say they're in an interesting space for a couple of reasons. Of course, if you're watching uh, Ring of Honor's Honor Club, you know, you get to kind of see what they're doing on a weekly basis, which I thought started off super strong. And I think over the last couple of weeks, it's feeling like it's tapering off a little bit. It doesn't have the same kind of momentum that it once did. And I think part of what's also kind of messing up the momentum of Ring of Honor is when you bring those same Ring of Honor stars that seem invincible onto AEW television and then they lose at the drop of a hat. Like, I think that's that kind of diminishes what Ring of Honor does. For instance, um, literally in within seven days of each other, you had Samoa Joe, the TV champion, and Athena, the women's world champion, both of whom are seemingly invincible with record title reigns happening in Ring of Honor, both lose on AEW television. Uh, Samoa Joe loses to Punk and then Athena loses to Willow Nightingale. So it's almost like we're owned by the same people, but we're two different worlds. And when mm -hmm. Ring of Honor comes into the AEW world, Ring of Honor ends up playing second fiddle. That then makes it difficult for people to invest in Ring of Honor, perhaps as they should. Couple that with, and we talked about this here before as well, the need for Ring of Honor to have their own separate taping space and right. not, again, end up the back end of something that's already happening 
in an AEW space. And then, so, so I think Ring of Honor, to your point, is in need of some things that will keep it exciting and fresh. Um, will the do or die concept be that? I don't know. Um, but I do think that they're in need of something uh, to be able to kind of get people excited about them again. I literally just noticed, <laughs> and I'm not picking uh -oh. on you, Cedric. Uh -oh. I thought on your shirt it was a bow <laughs> last week, but I really just realized <laughs> it was a mic. I was like, he's wearing, like, is this a symbol for something? Like, why is he wearing a bow on his arm? I didn't get it. Oh, and I realized it was, it, was, it was a mic. So, microphone. Um, oh, that's funny. Just, yeah. That's funny. That's it is funny. what it is. Um, but yeah, we'll, I mean, I feel like with this situation with Ring of Honor, we can um, definitely just retire it because we just don't know what's going to happen, like just for now. Wow. Because it's like Ring we keep saying the same thing over and over, and it's just like I don't know if they're actually like I don't know if they have like a a room, a war room, just for Ring of Honor as right. far as testing different things and like looking at the analytics and you know seeing and then also looking back at the past to see what mm -hmm. worked. Like yeah. I don't know if they have that or it's just kind of like, um, like for instance, from myself, I juggle so many different things. But there's no way that all of them are going to be operating at 100%. It's just, it just right. it's not it's not possible. Right. So is it like, you know, Tony's like ahead of everything, but you can only, you know, because AEW is not his only project. Correct. Right? So it's Correct. just like, you know, is Ring of Honor more of an afterthought or are there people really in charge that's like they're they're up they have a game plan involved right so that's like that's the question that needs to be asked but you know i don't think we'll ever get it um mm -hmm. so we'll just you know should, should rampage become more of just a ring of honor centric show well the problem with that are contracts with warner brothers right like warner brothers discovery they're not they don't have contracts with ring of honor they've got contracts with aew and so because of that unless Ring of Honor is able to develop the level of value to Warner Brothers Discovery that would warrant them being on cable television, we'll have three AEW television shows, but then Ring of Honor will be on its own Honor Club space, which I'm not mad at the Honor Club space, but I just think that if you're going to ask people to pay, you know, weekly to watch your show, then give them something to talk about. Like we right. should not be in a space where we're going, what's going on with, with Ring of Honor when we're paying to watch it, you know? Right. And then that's that's the thing too, because like I I think if you're gonna keep Rampage and that's also a numbers thing too. So if Rapids is not doing well numbers wise, then possibly make it a Ring of Honor show, but then we're also talking about what the networks are buying. And right. if, if anything, I would do because you're rebranding Ring, Ring of Honor, make it free on YouTube so we can watch it, put quality right. content on it so we can watch it. And when it hits a certain level, then develop a paywall. So sure. because it's like, for instance, people pay for impact, but that makes sense because you know what you're getting. Right. But, you know, it's just kind of like, well, if I'm going to see, you know, the same people that I'm going to pay for um, Ring of Honor on AEW, 
you know, why am I going to pay for Ring of Honor? It doesn't right. make sense. So you right. I, you either want to separate separate the brands entirely, which, I mean. So Honor Club is uh, its own thing. It's not on a, it's not tied to any subscription service whatsoever. Honor Club is its basic. own Honor Club is its own subscription service. Um, it's its own streaming service that you pay like nine ninety nine a month for. Um, so yeah, so in essence, in the in the economy of pro wrestling, this is funny that we're going here. You've got people who are paying four ninety nine a month for Peacock, and they're getting the entire WWE you know system. Plus, you're getting pay per views included in that $4.99. If you don't have cable TV, you know, at least you can get NXT showing up the next day, uh, that type of thing. And you might get Raw or SmackDown delayed a few weeks, but it ends up on Peacock. If you're getting Ring of Honor, you're getting all of the old Ring of Honor shows, but you're also getting the new Ring of Honor shows, which is weekly, but that is $9.99 a month, and it does not include new pay-per-views. So if you're going to get a new pay-per-view, you've got to pay that extra $40 as well. So it's a head in the economy of current pro wrestling. If you can get the WWE for $4.99 a month, watch all the old stuff and get the current pay-per-views versus watching Ring of Honor where you only get one week, excuse me, only two hours of new content per week. And then... When you get a pay-per-view, which is once every three or four months, you've got to spill out an additional $40. The economies aren't – the math isn't mathing, right? So that means you've got to add a level of value to this because you're asking me to pay twice what I'm paying for the WWE on Peacock, mm -hmm. right, in a monthly basis. So if you're asking me to do that, you got to give me twice the value. Or else these days, because there's so much wrestling on TV, there's not a – you don't have to watch Ring of Honor. Right. You know? And also you don't need to watch it to not watch it. You, you, you right. don't need to buy it to not watch it. Cause if you're on Twitter, right. if you're on Twitter right. long enough while ring on right, while ring ring of honor is happening, right. you could see everything that's going on without paying for absolutely putting up everything all the time. Well, so, and they put up, they put up their own clips of significant things, right? You know, so between Twitter and Instagram, you can get what you need. So I, I, I think what we're looking at again is in the economy of pro wrestling, we've got to ask people, and I, I thought I saw a comment from Nikki talking about the diehard Ring of Honor fans. I know diehard Ring of Honor fans who have just said, I'm not going to pay. Because if I'm going to ask, if I'm going to watch all of this wrestling, something's got to stand out. And uh, please, if anybody from Ring of Honor is watching, it's not a knock to the roster. I've got some friends on that roster who are absolutely amazing. The point of it is it's bigger than that. It is if I'm if you're asking me to pay twice for what the leading promotion is providing, then you've got to give me that kind of value that makes that worth my while. Right. And then um I think Nikki and Shadow Raider saying exactly the TK, the other TK bought it for the library, but he didn't want to be like Vince and shut it down. It's an image thing, which is fine, but there's different ways you can make money off of that library. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's just kind totally. of like, yes, you pay the 999 to access it, but if you were to include because you're already you're and I, I know we said we were putting in this box, but you know, whatever. Maybe we're just, you know, okay. TK, the other TK, if you're listening, please feel free to steal any of these ideas. But if you're already no, pay um, us for those ideas, <laughs> if you're already bringing ROH talent to AEW, 
then why not almost create an app like WWE used to have where you can have, you have the Ring of Honor library, you can have Ring of, Ring of Honor and also AEW stuff that's not necessarily televised. So like how right. main event happens, you mm-hmm. can have something like that, all the other stuff on that app that you pay yeah. $9.99 for and or even bump it up to $15.99 and include those pay-per-views as well. And right. then people are going to buy that. Like right. I, that, that makes sense to me. Like yes. I think we're gone from buying the pay-per-views because I think really WWE really was the, um, when they had the app, it really changed a lot of things with even boxing and other sports as well. So that more makes sense if you're already going to bleed the lines anyway, as far as brands, but. Yeah. I feel like they can make it a little bit more um, palatable too. If they move things like uh, AW, I think all access and then being the elite, you move that over to an app and you're creating something else that we can only get it there. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah. feel free, other TK, to uh, steal these ideas. <laughs> we'll have it documented because we have receipts. But, you know, we just want the Precisely. Brand uh, what, what do we have next? <laughs> well, from there to an, an interesting, interesting piece of news. The NXT Women's Champion, Tiffany Stratton, uh, who is getting ready for uh, a big title defense coming up in about a week or so. At the Great American Bash, well, she is uh, <laughs> she's interested in Hollywood. Apparently, already she was asked if she'd like to go into acting, and she says she would love to go into acting. Uh, her dream role would be a cool action superhero girl that does flips. And she likes uh, Wonder Woman, and she's a big fan. And she, in this article, actually said that she dressed as Wonder Woman for Halloween one year. Uh, she also talked about the power of the NXT women's division, and she says she feels like it is better than Raw and SmackDown. She feels like there's a stronger spotlight in NXT for women, and uh, there's not as big of a spotlight on Raw or SmackDown for said women. She also put over other talent like Thea Hale, Roxanne Perez, and Cora Jade, all of whom are 22 and younger. She believes that there's a lot of future within the NXT women's division. I mean, I definitely agree with her. So does Nikki. Um, yeah. yeah, I also like that was shade. I think that was just facts. Like, and, and, women's division. Yeah, we talked about it before. In particular, the men are a bit older, but the average age of the male WWE wrestler is like 40 or 39 or something like that. And I right. feel like the women's probably getting up there as well, meaning that the average age is in their late 30s. So... Right really developing the talent in NXT because there's going to come a time because everybody you're, you're talking about like the divas era and you're talking about like, you know, the four horsewomen stuff like that. There's going to come a time where there might be a mass exodus of wrestlers, like our favorite wrestlers because their bodies can't go anymore and, or they're not, you know, entertaining us like they used to because they're older. So, you know, when that happens, cause it's not an if like, that's just mother nature we can't that's the one person we can't fight so when that happens like wwe really needs to have those people already in place not they're all gone and now here's this person that you know we kind of saw but you know she's here now like no Mm -hmm. they should be building up these people so when they take over it's it's almost seamless like okay yes this makes sense this person's been in the game for 20 plus years they have now become a legend or they retired or they've done whatever like 
okay, I can see, I've seen Tiffany for the last five years. This makes right. sense to me. I can just roll it in. So, you know, kudos to them, but you know, it's still, I don't know. Here's another question for you guys. Cause May five years ago when they, when people made the main roster, it, it wasn't the same. Now people going into the main roster now, do you think the transition is a bit better or do you think it's clunky depending on who the wrestler is? The second one, it's clunky depending on who the wrestler is. And the only reason I think about that, because I put this in the chat earlier, seven years ago today was the debut of Bailey on the main roster at mm -hmm. WWE Battleground. And you can hear that all those fans knew who she was coming in. And I think they're trying to replicate that now more with the fact that, like, we're, we just saw Wesley and Dragon Lee uh, on SmackDown. We've been seeing Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams come up. They're trying to get people to know these guys more. So it's not so much of like a, a shot to the system when they have a debut match on Raw or SmackDown. But before, you said four or five years ago, yeah, pre-pandemic, when Triple H had NXT Black and Gold really cooking, if you had uh, Bobby Roode or Shinsuke Nakamura, like, debut, it was a moment. And we could expect that because it would normally happen after WrestleMania or after a mm -hmm. Royal Rumble would happen. It would be a moment. So I think that's where we're at. We're NXT, but it's still going to take time. I don't think we'll get that same allure at least until maybe two, three years from now. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think um, because there have been multiple shifts that have happened. Now, I think in terms of what the transition looked like before, uh, if you were talking specifically for the women coming to uh, WWE from NXT, again, because the two systems were different, um, they might have been received well upon first reception, but mm -hmm. how that translated into a successful career is still very much up in the air, you know? Um, and so when we talk about that seven-year moment that happened uh, for Bailey. We have to also remember that that was also when we started to get what was dubbed the Divas Revolution or Evolution. So right. we saw kind of a mass infusion with with um, with uh, Charlotte and with Becky and with uh, Sasha all com kind of coming in and then Bailey on the back end of that. So, you know, where we are now, kind of to your earlier point, TK, you know, when we start thinking about the idea that Becky Lynch has been wrestling for 20 years, right? It's kind of like a, whoa, you know, because mm -hmm. she obviously was wrestling outside of WWE prior to. You know, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Charlotte having her 10-year anniversary of working in WWE, right? So we're at this stage now where we're looking at women's wrestlers who are 10-plus years in the game mm -hmm. who not just could age catch up with them but other desires like a family marriage those kinds of things which we're in a different era you know 10 years ago we didn't see divas leaving because they were pregnant mm -hmm. right now we've got women's wrestlers who are like hey i'm off to have a baby you know um uh, carmella's out right now because she's pregnant you know mm -hmm. so it's like and again the fans have been much more understanding of that but throwing that into the mix is all the more reason why we need Alexa Bliss as well. We need to have more people in the pipeline because names that were popular two, three years ago, uh, I don't know when we're going to see Carmella back. I don't know when we're going to see Alexa back. Um, what, how much more, how much longer do we have for Becky Lynch? How much longer do we have for Charlotte? 
Charlotte's been taking extended periods of time off. And mm-hmm. I'm sure we've been noticing that. That is one of those signs that we're we're getting closer to the end than we are to the beginning. You mm-hmm. know, so who do we have in in the pipeline right now? You know, the given the the years, the year that Bianca has had, you know, at some point she's gonna take a break because she's been right. going hard for the last three years or so. Mm-hmm. So we, we, these are all of the things to look at. So yeah, we're we're gonna need that NXT women's division to be able to to pop and uh, make their way to the main roster sooner than later. Well, like I said, she was right. <laughs> what do we got next? <laughs> oh, can I do the story? Can, can, please, can, please, give me one second. though. one second. Oh, I, I don't know what's about to happen here. Happen. But stay as, tuned. Yeah, as, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like week by week we're seeing a different like version, like it's a little bit more extreme. Like he was so reserved when he first started. Yes. Now it's just like it all, know, we're just learning little things. He's it's all when he better. cut his. It's all when he cut his hair. Yeah. All right. Listen. <laughs> WWE was in Mexico City this past week for two WWE Super Shows, and we got more records. For the first time in over 12 years, their show, Super Show had over 25 people, 25,000 people attend across both days and became the highest grossing live event in Mexico for the past 12 years. I'm wearing this mask. This is a birthday gift, by the way. Had to do this. I didn't make time to do it. Birthday was two months ago. So this is what you're getting right now. But yeah, what do you guys think about the Super Show doing numbers like that? I just want to know, what is your name? <laughs> Who are you? What is? What is? We don't, we're not doing aliases yet. This is still Cedric. I got it. It's El Hijo del, del Solomon. That's who it is. El Hijo del Solomon. Oh wow! Yes. 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 Wow. What was your question? I'm. I'm yeah, I, don't... I completely missed the story. <laughs> So the WWE Super Show in Mexico broke attendance records. 25,000 fans attended across both nights in Mexico City as well as Monterey and became the largest attended, highest grossing live event held at the venue this past weekend. We saw Roman Reigns take on Rey Mysterio. Uh, we saw Shayna Baszler emerge victorious against Ronda Rousey via disqualification. So it was a packed card. But the main thing is the numbers. So we're still seeing record-breaking numbers week in, week out from WWE. Not only with just their uh, PLEs, but their live shows as well. I think that's a really big deal. I think it's a massive deal. And I think <laughs> it's a reminder. Santana's asking where the accent is. <laughs> I'm still from Long Beach, by the way. That the accent's not gonna change. <laughs> this is this wow. I wow. almost brought up a name that might be a cuss word around here, so I won't do that. But uh, I will. I will say that I think this is indicative. We're all trying to focus. This is the greatest. I think this is. I'm going to do the rest of the show like this. So you just, I'm just going to be quiet. Just be very stoic. <laughs> oh boy, I I think this is indicative of. The fact that, you know, this is not just a one-trick pony for WWE. Like, you know, what happened in Puerto Rico wasn't just random. What happened at WrestleMania wasn't just random. What's happening in London and Paris and all of these places, you know, these are not just random moments. I think we have to acknowledge WWE is in a surge of popularity right now. 
some people might want to measure this by the ant. I'm going to say it, the antiquated measurements of the attitude era. And those measurements were rankings and were you on TV guide, right? That's not the measurement anymore. The measurement now can be looked at, okay, how many people are actually buying tickets and showing up at house shows? at non-televised events? How many people are coming to these actual pay-per-views? I mean, we're getting record numbers right now in WWE, and, and not just in WWE, all across the sport. So we're in a really special time right now, and the fact that the WWE can come to Mexico and not do a PLE, but just do a random house show in between you know, a Friday SmackDown and a Monday Night Raw, and get these amazing numbers, it speaks volumes to just how hot this product is. And uh, it's an exciting time, I think. And if you can do this in Mexico on the weekend, yeah, you're, you're doing great numbers. Great, great things. Uh, so, Bosa, are you getting hot there, Cedric? Or what, what are your thoughts? Solomon? El Solomon? El, um, El Hijo del Solomon. El Hijo del Solomon. Um, so Boza asking, I get wrestling is in a boom, a hot period right now, but how much of that is due to nothing new at the moment um, thanks to the strike? Can, can I, I answer? I Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I think it's been in a boom before the strike. Like yes. I, I, I feel like there is a real, um, and I will post a reaction video when I have three wrestling projects that I'm working on and one of them is very close and I will post a reaction video because this is beyond wrestling. It's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's covering different brands, et cetera. I can't get too much into it, but why I'm hinting at that is that it's beyond just wrestling. Wrestling has crossed over now where it is becoming mainstream media. A lot of mainstream media is seeing the benefits of having wrestlers cross over and vice mm -hmm. versa. So um, it just, it, it's one of those, and then you have the pay-per-views and then you have, even though whether you like Ronda Rousey or not, you know, the fact that she came over after UFC was a big thing. So you're having a lot of eyeballs on in particular WWE and not necessarily the people who watch week in and week out. It's kind of like almost, you know, a soap opera, like, you know, mm -hmm. who knows Victor, New Victor Newman? When was the last time you actually watched Young and the Restless? Mm -hmm. Like, so I feel like the crossover is there now and it's yeah. going to be the ebbs and flows of it. I'll also say to that end, number one, the writer strike began in May. Number two, the actor strike just began two weeks ago, neither of which are enough time for the kind of boom that we're seeing. Let's remember that it was August of last year, right after Triple H took over, where when WrestleMania tickets went on sale, they had already sold more tickets, you know, in the first three or four weeks, and they had broken WrestleMania gate records. So we didn't have a strike to blame for that, right? And so I think what we have to be able to do is actually finally lay some credit at the feet of the people in the ring, at the feet of the people who are writing these stories, at the feet of the people who are carrying these stories out. Let's acknowledge the fact, with my ones up, that the Bloodline story has been so hot for now three years, you know, to the point where we literally went from SummerSlam 2020, which was the return of Roman Reigns, to SummerSlam 2023, Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, as the main event, you know? So I, I think we've got to be able to acknowledge this. And there's a great interview out there that the Usos did 
with uh with Ariel Helwani. Mm-hmm. And in that, Jay Uso talks about how he met uh I think it was the guy who plays Wolverine. I don't want to get his name wrong. Um, but when he met Hugh him Jackman. and they Hugh Jackman, yeah. And so Hugh Jackman asks Jay Uso, he's like, So do you take acting classes? And he's like, No. And so he says, wait, you do this in one take? And Jay's like, yeah. And so, you know, Hugh Jackman is like, I don't think people understand how hard it is to Mm -hmm. do what you do. So actors in Hollywood recognize that being a pro wrestler is not an easy thing. To nail this stuff with one shot, with one take on live television, and to make it so compelling that we leave SmackDown every week like losing our lunch. This is a great moment that we're in right now. And, you know, for all of the other things that are happening in the world around us, you know, we've got to honor what's happening in the ring week in and week out. And again, it's not just WWE. Mm -hmm. AEW is cooking right now. You know, they've got some great, great stories that they're telling, you know, and they figured out who they're... Impact, impact, my lord! The stories that impact are tell to the point where we're finally, as a collective wrestling community, putting respect on the name of Impact. Think about this: in 2016, Impact could have not gotten a free agent Trinity. That would have never been on the table. We're mm-hmm. at a space now where a Trinity can go to Impact, and again, Impact wins, Trinity wins. Everybody wins. So we're in an amazing space right now. In the we haven't even gotten into New Japan and all of. I mean, it's it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Um, El Ijo, si. Yes. Right. Oh, I love this show. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, we got a character. We got a character real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. This is great. This is great. It was so funny though, because when you went dark, I was like, based off our conversation before we started the show, I was like, I hope he keeps his shirt on. That's literally <laughs> what I <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I gotta be a, I gotta be outside and an exhibitionist too. Like, what I mean, he was out here in the streets on the weekend, so I don't know if it was like a, you know, just a, you know, it, it happened into Monday too, a rollover. So I was That's just like, great. That's great. <laughs> that wow. is great. Wow. We can start getting these props off. We got props. I love it. I love it. All right. I love um, it. I love I, it. I, I, mm. do Where do we go from story? here? <laughs> we have one more story. So that was a birthday gift, and I vowed to actually stream with it on. I just never got around to it, and actually just found it earlier today. And I was like, "Oh yeah, let me oh. use that." Oh wow, wow, oh, wow! Well, uh, one more story before we get out of here. Matt Cardona is in the news. Uh, he has won yet another championship last night at the DDT Pro wrestling event he became the new ddt universal champion after defeating tetsuya endo so now 
Matt Cardona is uh, the man with many championships, which includes seven different titles. But if you ask him, he also says that he is one half of one half of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, which I think is also very interesting. And so apparently on his way to this event, he actually carried with him the WWE Women's Tag Team title or actually a replica of it because fans actually thought it was the real thing. But his wife, Chelsea Green, said, uh-uh, no way. He is not getting to hold this actual championship. <laughs> so fun times there, of course, with uh, Matt Cardona and his lovely wife, Chelsea. Yeah, there they are. C congratulations again to Chelsea and uh, Sonia, the new tag team champions. Wow. I'm still They're very like, entertaining. They, they, they are. I'm still on. <laughs> I'll speak. Man. Now, I think it's cool that he's able to um, kind of have this character renaissance. He's been doing it for a while now, has going across multiple promotions. I think it was great PR for Sonya and Chelsea that even it was a it was a fake belt. It generated the reaction that you wanted. People were talking about that title. So maybe that leads to something that we all want, which is more credibility and more notoriety for those belts on actual WWE program. I think it's a good thing. And we don't really talk about, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like we don't really talk about Matt Cardona when we talk about this independent scene and what he's done post-WWE. It's amazing that he hasn't been picked back up by somebody, but I'm not too sure that he would want to actually go to a company right now which, with him being so heralded in this independent space. Well, funny you say that. Though, like, the switch. Because mm -hmm. Chelsea, like... Chelsea's doing amazing, um, friend of the show, but Impact Chelsea and all the things that she did at Impact, right. like talking, just going back to what you were saying with Jay Uso and the Bloodline, like mm -hmm. the stuff that Chelsea was doing Impact wise was also acting worthy. Yes. So um, and now and at that time, you know, Matt was at WWE. So the mm -hmm. fact that it's almost like a flip flop um, is is. It's it's um, it's um, it's amazing. It's amazing yeah. because I think you know each party watching each other do different things. Like when Chelsea was on the Indies and he's mm -hmm. at WWE and seeing all the stuff, it's a great partnership to have because it's like you have so many questions on both. Yeah. That all you really have to do is ask your partner. Like mm -hmm. so, what do you think of like? And they they know the parties in play, which is a good right. which is a good strategy. So kudos yeah. to them. Yeah, it, it's something special. He literally, he being Matt Cardona, was in, in, in an interview last week uh, with Busted Open where he was asked point blank, like, would you want to go back to WWE? And he said that, you know, hey, listen, if the phone rings with a 203 area code, he will answer the phone. So, you know, he's certainly not opposed to it. I think it would be a situation Similar to Cody, and when I say similar, I mean, clearly he's built up his worth in terms of who he is. I don't think he would ever come back as a Zack Ryder. I think he comes back as Matt Cardona uh, with a lot more opportunity available to him, uh, a lot more face time and real estate as well. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what works and what makes sense, but I, I certainly wouldn't rule it out. All right. Well, there it is. Uh, make sure you guys check out right after the show, the wow, the wow after show is coming up as well. We have Raw later on today. 
but uh, yeah, before we get out of here, um, <laughs> Mr. Professor. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can. Mine will be so simple because it, it just certainly doesn't compare. You can find me at Bonnerfied across all the socials. You can check out my commentary work with Southern Honor Wrestling. Uh, oh, my. Oh, God, I didn't know what was about to happen. Uh, <laughs> you can check out my commentary work with Southern Honor Wrestling as part of IWTV. You can check out my work with Battle Slam as part of Fight TV and my work with the Nightmare Factory on their YouTube channel and, of course, across all of these wonderful and various and sundry podcast spaces, including here on WWT Live. All right, Cedric. Where can uh, you can check out my writing at dailyddt.com. You can check out my journalism journey on HCTV on YouTube. That's Hawthorne Community Television. I'll be Xing and I'll be threatened. X is at said says C-E-double-D underscore S-A-Y-S. That's formerly known as Twitter and the Bird app. Thread is said is the answer. Same as Instagram. You can follow me there if you're so inclined. And also, WWT, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. Now we bring in more props and things just to pop the crowd now. Mm. I was going to say something, but I'm going to leave it till after the show. <laughs> All right, y'all. <laughs> wow. 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 <laughs> The fact that I, I know just, your I, brain like this, TK. I know, wow. I know. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, just wow. for folks who are not here after we hit the end broadcast, just think of mm -hmm. X and multiply it by two. You oh, can follow yeah. me on everything at TK Trinidad. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me on everything at TK Trinidad. Make sure you check out WWT Live Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have a lot of shows to uh, check out. So here you guys go, and I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Ciao. Hey peeps, TK Trinidad here, boss lady of Women's Wrestling Talk. And I want to say thank you so much for watching because you've got millions of options. Plus, you don't have to worry about sharing your password to check us out. But while you're here, hopefully you know we have so many more shows to watch. Like Turnbuckle Glam, Raw Post Show, WOW Post Show, AEW Dynamite Post Show, Women's Wrestling Army Post Show. NXT post show, Impact Wrestling post show, AW Rampage and SmackDown Live post show, On the Scroll, ROH post show, WWT Live, plus all of our interviews with the hottest women's wrestlers in the game. Make sure that you like, comment, and subscribe. Check out our website at www.talkpod.com and follow us on all social media platforms at www.talkpod and make sure to spread the word. That means send this to the group chat. Yes, even the person with the green bubble. Thanks again so much for watching Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Ciao for now. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. <laughs>